Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, I'm Sophie Ellis-Bexter, and welcome to Spinning Plates podcast where I speak to busy working women who also happen to be mothers about how they make it work. I'm a singer and I've released seven albums in between having my five sons aged 16 months to 16 years so I spin a few plates myself. Being a mother can be the most amazing thing but can also be hard to find time for yourself and your own ambitions. I want to be a bit nosy and see how other people balance everything. Welcome to Spinning Plates. Hey my loves, this is Risky. I'm recording this for you in a play park. That's right. You heard me correctly. I'm gone. I've gone rogue. I'm doing this out and about. There's other parents around. There's other kids. Trains, dogs, big puddles. Anything could happen. And I thought, now was the time to talk to you. Um, anyway, how have you been? Hope you've had a good week. What's been going on around here? I've had quite a varied week, actually. It's uh, involved me getting so drenched in the torrential da- downpour that happened in London on ah! Monday that uh, I went to a parents' evening that they decided to hold outdoors in... And we're not talking about just a, you know, an average big downpour. We're talking about the sort of downpour that resulted in houses getting flooded. The local borough declared it a state of emergency... And Ray and I walked to parents' evening, spoke about his schoolwork, uh, in the time when every time the lightning flashed and the thunder crashed, everybody jumped out their skin. And then on the way home, I got so drenched. And they, oh, that's right, they cancelled the tubes. We couldn't get home that way as we walked. And then my skirt had got sodden underneath my raincoat. So I decided the best thing was to take my skirt off and belt my raincoat like a dress, which I thought was incredibly practical. My nine-year-old son was not quite such a big fan of that. (laughs) Anyway, I got home. It's one of those sort of walks through the rain where in the end you just succumb to it. Ray was just walking, wading through the big puddles. And actually it was quite fun. Well, I'll go and get it for you. Wait there. That was a request for apple juice. Um, Anyway, last week I was lucky enough to speak to this week's guest. Her name is Sylvia, Sylvia Mack. And she goes under the name Love Disfigure on Instagram, which is where I first... Actually, it's not quite true. I found out about her on two places. Instagram, yes, but also the BBC News website where there was an article about her really interesting interview. And I thought, oh, I would love to speak to her for my podcast because I wanted to share her story with you if you haven't heard it before. 
So essentially, as Sylvia will talk about, she was very badly burned as a child. In fact, she's, she was burned exactly the same age, years and months, that my youngest is now. So I can really oh, touch the sides of that, that trauma because it's sort of not worst nightmare stuff. Um, yeah, she explains it all much better than I ever would and I felt so privileged. Listen, nobody has to do these podcast interviews with me. I ask people that I really love to speak to and I get very excited when they say yes. But we are talking about very personal things here and people's lives and Sylvia very generously talked to me about all sorts of things including uh, a time when she was abusing with alcohol, she was feeling suicidal and... I really regard that as a massive privilege and indication of trust that people give me those life stories. So thank you very much to her. And I really hope it helps some people out there because I think the most thing you must feel all the time when you're in that situation is very isolated and alone. And people being brave enough to talk about it like Sylvia went to the other side counts for a lot, doesn't it? Anyway, I, uh, I'm playing fast and loose talking to you for such a long time in a playground so I'm going to leave you with our chat which I absolutely adored and I think she's an amazing woman just as a side note as well Sylvia looks really young she's got a grand grandbabies and she looks honestly you'd think she was like 20 or 30 years younger than she is extraordinary anyway that's beside the point <laughs> just wanted to get that out there anyway i will uh, leave you with our conversation see you on the other side and i've got some apple juice to find is that right mickey oh you want to go on the slide brilliant all right see you in a bit bye thank you for having us over here and come all the way oh, you're to welcome Lovely Hackney. I'm sorry, and you can't get anywhere to park. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. So Take just, up your whole day. It's <laughs> no, all right. There's just a bit when we were driving around and we stopped this guy and we're like, excuse me, do you know where to park? He went, oh, no, it's desperate around here. And we're like, oh, God, I'm just going to be circling your house for, for hours. But oh, no, but no we've, we've got here now and we're sitting yeah. very close to this fantastic award. It seems like a good place to start with the... Woman of the Year Awards 2020, and this is the Boots Wellness Warrior Award that you were given last year. Yeah. So yeah. that must feel like an amazing thing to have been given, not just because of the significance of the award, but given everything that's gone on to get you to yeah. where you're at now. Yeah, I think the most amazing thing about it was my eldest daughter, Naomi, she nominated me and she put me forward and I, I never knew anything about it until I was contacted in an email to say, oh, do you know that you've been sort of like nominated and all these people have actually put you forward for this award, so there's a good possibility that you might even win this award. And I was like, what's this award? And then my, my daughter said, oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you that I put you forward for... The... So it was quite amazing, especially as she had been through so much with me um, growing up, you know, and... Um, and, you know, it wasn't very nice for her, what she had to see and what she had to go through. So coming out of it and being so proud of me and doing something like that just made it so wonderful, oh you know, goodness. receiving this award. Yeah. It's making me feel weepy already, I'm sure, for not the first time we're going to speak. But... So this is your daughter, this, this that lives with you? Yes, so she's the one with the three children. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, so... Um... Yeah, she's great. She's she's always been just a 
a great child growing up, always supporting. She, she was a bit like a mummy <laughs> at times, like yeah. as young as probably the age of 10. She just was so grown up and adult-like and she she just took on quite a lot and um, she see quite a lot of things. And, you know, we, we spoke about so much lately and she's so proud of me and so happy that, you know, that I am, I have accepted my body and my scars now. And yeah, it's, it's really lovely. No, <laughs> well, it is. And I think, I think kids can be amazingly perceptive sometimes in recognising that, you know, I think as, as parents, we can sometimes feel like we're less sort of, we set the tone for everything. Whereas yeah. actually, of course, you're a massive part of what sets the tone for a kid, but also they get influences from lots of other places. So as they grow up, they can see, she could probably see sort of almost two sides of you, the caring mother side, and also the you that's just you trying to deal with being you, if that makes yeah. sense. And I think um, that I was very caring as well. My mother also very caring and supportive of me growing up, especially mm. as I nearly died as a as a child, age two. And um, so my mum was always very supportive, caring, always at the hospital. She'd travel for miles to get to me every single day from East London to Middlesex. She'll get on the train and, you know, every day she'll visit me and, and right up into, you know, my 20s, she would take me to the hospital still while I was having procedures done. Um, so I think I got that caring side from my mother mm. and then I kind of, like, brought that out with my children because all I ever wanted was to have a child. Um, and I don't know what that, why that was, probably because I, I was the youngest of five girls. Are you? Uh, the youngest yes, of five? yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, so it was amazing when I actually become pregnant and then had Naomi, she was just such a great kid. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think, you know, you sort of alluded to it. So this, is, this all sort of stems from this massively defining thing that happened to you when you were only two and a half, is it? Yeah, two and a half. Which so actually involved one of your sisters, is that right? Yes. Um, so I've got um, four elder sisters, as I said, and um, my sister Sheila, she's a couple of years older than me. So we um, like to play in our in the in the flat. I think it was like a two bedroom flat actually. So there were seven of us living in a two wow. bedroom flat in the east end of London, and um, yeah. So it you know we was happy. We played a lot, and um, you know my mum and dad worked really hard to make sure that we were okay and you know we were well fed and always looked clean and dressed you know all of that stuff they 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 work so hard to make sure we was okay and um and this particular day we was um we we were having quite a lot of power cuts and so my mum decided she would boil water on top of the stove and then um put it into bowls onto the bathroom floor um, and then she'd just pour it into the bath, and she was doing that regularly. This was just for to running baths, just to keep yeah. It was just to keep the like boiling water to make sure that if the power cut, you know, if the power the electric runs out, then or, or power it, we have a power cut, which we had lots of and blackouts and stuff like that. She would, um, you know, always have that boiling water there to put into the bath for us, 
And me and Sheila always had a bath together. <laughs> so we would like always be the last ones to get into the bath. And so she'd put this um, boiling water um, on, into this bowl on the, on the floor. And we were just playing hide and seek. You know, you don't expect to be playing a game, a, a child game, and for it to turn so wrong. No. You just don't. Um, which is why I say, you know, but just be really careful as as a child, like you've you've got to just really watch your children and and make sure that they are safe. Um, and my mum had told all of us, you know, not to go into the bathroom. But I think because I was two and a half, I kind of read that differently. And and I thought, oh, you know, this is such a great place for me to go and hide. You know, I'm two and a half years old. I'm going to go and hide in the bathroom because mum said don't go in mm-hmm. there. And so no one's going to go in there. So you can see how it was kind of like yeah. misconstrued in my head like it's it's a great place to go and so that's what I did and I just went and hid behind the door and shut myself in there and um eventually she realized that well she's got to be in the bathroom so she just pushed the door and I went flying backwards into the the boiling water on the floor um and then oh you can imagine it was just screaming and you know, my mum trying to run me under cold water. And she, Do you actually must, remember it? I don't remember it. No, yeah. I don't remember anything. All, all I remember was just the hospital, mm. being in the hospital and how difficult it was being in there, um, being left with my mum's purse while she went off home <laughs> at the end of the day <laughs> and um, being in a ward that was surrounded with adults as well as children and... Most of the burn survivors in there um, had their faces burnt, so they would have their faces bandaged up. So that must and have been very scary. It was very scary for me, and I remember I used to spend most of my time hiding under the cover. And I actually remember one day just um, kind of like waking up and seeing somebody in front of me, like with their face fully bandaged, with like just some little holes for their oh, nose goodness. and and it just frightened the life out of me and I had so many nightmares, so many nightmares. I went home when I got back home and I began just having nightmares. So when, how long were you in hospital? Because I mean, this was just to sort of clarify yeah. severity, but you were actually, they thought you might not make it. Yeah, so when it actually happened, we went to the nearest hospital, which was just around the corner from us. It was the London Hospital. And um, they they had no facilities for, for burns. Um, they just didn't deal with that kind of stuff. Um, and they said, you know, she's two and a half. She's not going to make it. Like, she just won't make it because um, it's such a bad injury and it's so deep and it's so... It's just so... It was the trauma. Was your mum and, and dad both uh, with, with you at that No. Time? So, basically, um, my dad went to the hospital with me and left my mother at home looking the after the, the others. Yeah, because she needed to find someone to look after course, the yeah. children. Um, so he said, look, I'll go. So he went to the hospital with me. And while he was there, um, a priest come down and he spoke to the priest because my dad was um, quite a religious man. He went to church, he Catholic man. And he decided that, I hadn't been baptised. I was the only one that hadn't been baptised. And he said to the priest, 
could you baptise her and then give her her last rites? Mm -hmm. And so that's what he did. Um, But he also rang my mum to say she's not going to survive. So it was really difficult for my mum. And and it was literally within the space of probably 30 minutes, 20, 30 minutes that another consultant had come in and said, let's try something, let's try get her to Middlesex Hospital and see what we can do. They'll put her on life support if she survives. Um, so they got a police assistance, um, mm. got us all the way to the hospital and I stayed on life support for, I should imagine, about probably about a week. Um, and then they told my parents that I wasn't going to survive and needed to get the family, anyone else in. Um, And the next day, uh, the guy next to me, in the bed next to me, he also was severely burnt. Um, His his wife had come in one... um, Sorry, his wife was cooking some oil in a pan and he walked in, she threw the oil over, over his head and he ended up on life support. And then Why they. Why did she throw the oil? What by accident? Because no, because she thought that he was cheating. Oh um, and then the, my parents heard the doctors say that he would survive, but I wouldn't. And we were like in the beds next to each other. The next day, he died, and I lived. Oh my and goodness! And I pulled through. So it was quite, quite something. Yeah. Wow. I mean, is is, is this something? Because obviously, when you're talking about your family, I hear. Mm bucket loads of love that's yeah. there in terms of yeah. the, 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 you could you know your parents had the good intentions they were actually you know trying mm. to look out make sure that there was water for the bath if the power yeah. cut again yeah and so effectively I mean I know you know as an adult mm. you're sort of working out why did I run behind that door yeah but actually two and a half year olds you know, yeah I mean my littlest is two and a half I wouldn't mm-hmm. count him to have common sense for very much at all yeah and and also if I say don't go and have a look behind their chance that's the first thing I think to do yeah so sometimes, you know, think things just happen, you yeah. know, and I'm sure every family can think of, off the top of their head, at least mm. 10 near misses that happen with, yeah. with all sorts of accidents, you know, and um, is it something you would talk about? I mean, obviously the treatment must have been going on for, I mean, you mentioned it, being in your 20s oh, and yeah, still in still, hospital. Oh yeah, it still goes on today. Really? Yeah, I'm still due to have a lot of, lot of work done to my back. And is this because scars get tight? Yes, yeah, so, to- so because of the depth of the, the scarring, I've got four thickness burns. Um, and so what happens is underneath the skin, I've got these thick, uh, it's a bit like spaghetti junction, basically. It's just they're thick ropes, they run up and down. So at the moment I'm doing yoga, so I've noticed that when I do stretches, like... I, there's so much pulling and tightness when I swim because I've been swimming for years it's always been really good for me mm. because it keeps my weight down which is great um, and at the same time like it helps me become more flexible but the tightness is always there in the back because because um, of the contractures and basically what they are they're just from from the depth of the the burns um, of the injury um, they just knotted up through muscle and tendon and mm. and all of that so I'm I'm waiting to get all of that fixed down <laughs> wow I mean so this is just the, the magnitude of the accident so this is mm. the majority of your back yeah. that's covered well it left a big and, hole 
in my back, yeah. And when they pulled me up off the life support, um, they they didn't even know because I'd been laying on my back, even though, um, because they expected, they didn't expect me to survive. So they wasn't doing any work on my back. Um, so when they lifted me up and turned me, turned me over, this is words from my mum. She said that um, she just see this hole and she just went to scream like and go mm. oh you know like and they just went to a no you've got to support your daughter don't get upset don't let her see you upset now and she had to just be strong and yeah and is it something that got spoken i mean did you talk about this accent because obviously that's that's a massive deal between your mum and you but yeah all of your effect this is you know the yeah. whole family this is a defining well, we, thing because we, the the only time that we really spoke about it, it was it was never. It it was just like whenever we'd go to the hospital together, and I'll be I remember I used to be like skipping along, holding her hand, and I used to ask her questions all the time. And this is like from, you know, the ages of six and seven and eight and nine and mm. and going back and forth to the hospital, and and I'd talk to her about it, and she used to just say to me. Oh, you're you're an angel, and you're. She say all these just. Oh, you're so beautiful, and you're amazing, and you know you survived. She's just just mm. always encouraged me in positive words and mm. stuff. And I used to feel so good about myself at that age. And I remember like I used to skip along and look up at the sky and go, Oh, I'm an angel. <laughs> like oh, you know, I used to think I was so like wonderful and and great. And because that was like instilled in me mm. uh, over the years, but um, I never really ever sat down and, and spoke until like probably in my 40s, maybe. And I'd say to my mum, you know, like, like what, what actually happened? Like, and she'd go over it and go over it and... And it, and it was like, oh, okay, well, I've heard it so many times now. It doesn't really matter to me, you know, whatever yeah. happened. Um, I'd never blame my mother anyway because she's always been so supportive and caring. Yes. Um, so, yeah, um, so literally, like, we'd, we would always just, like, have little conversations but nothing too deep. Um, but by the time I hit secondary school, that was when it all changed for me and... And then it was like, I'm no longer that beautiful angel. I'm now a problem. And, yeah, it just went downhill from, from that age. So when you sort of went into secondary and it was yeah. the double figures and just... Was it just the sort of brutality of that that landscape? Because that can be... Yeah, it was just it was just a one-off thing that happened. And it was on my first day of secondary school... Um, we were playing hockey and um, we were told, to, you know, on your first day, you're told to bring your old kit. <laughs> you take everything with you. You don't expect anything, really. And we were playing hockey and the PE teacher said, you're all going to have a shower. And I was just absolutely shocked. And I was like, no, like I can't. Like, I just didn't know. Because it was my first day of secondary school, I didn't know how to, you know... To, didn't want to talk up to, to this yeah. teacher and she was quite big and she looked a bit scary to me at the time and um and she just went to me go and get changed go and get changed get your towel put it around you and and I did and the old time 
I was just so scared. And as we were kind of like going along, she was literally like pushing people into the showers. Like one, two, three, four, five out. It's, I don't even understand why we were having a shower for like five seconds and then being pulled out. And then as I got up to her, I just went to her, like, no, like, I, I can't. And she just ripped the towel off me in front of everyone and pushed me into the shower. And she didn't even think for one minute that, oh, mm. I can see something's wrong here, you know. And and that just caused me to, to lose all my confidence mm. and, like, low self-esteem and, and all of that. And I found it really difficult to find friends and I literally... Um, I hate PE <laughs> like, yeah. just because of that moment yeah. um, I was that child that just didn't want to engage in any type of sport because mm. of that but my mum went up to school the next day cause she, like I said she's always supportive Yeah, and she w- was a really strong woman like you know she's chased a boy down the road with a mop and broom you know <laughs> she's really like that kind of really outspoken tough tough woman <laughs> and um yeah she went straight up to school and said she's not having, she's not doing PE no more and I was like oh but I like PE and she was like no not if they're going to make you shower mm. you're not um and we had nuns at this school and and the head nun she just said no you don't have to do it if you don't want to and so I had like a free pass whether I wanted to do it or not okay um which was nice but but the damage I'd, had been done. The really. damage had been done, yeah. And it was um, just horrible. Um, of trying to find f- friends. Yeah. I couldn't, couldn't find friends and I didn't really know why. And then one day um, I decided to start speaking to this girl because my sister Sheila went to the same school and she was really, like, bullish. Like, she liked to... She always got into fights and stuff. She was really naughty all the time. And every time her name come over the tannoy, everyone used to look at me and go, oh, your sister. And I'd be like... i sit at the back of the class. I was quiet. I didn't want to be... I tried to make myself invisible. So I, I'd, I'd never put my hand up in class. Mm. I'd be at the back. Always, whenever there was, like, a group photo on an outing... I'd be at the end. And it, funny enough, I literally... I just see a picture the other day on Facebook because there's a group of, of us mm. from school. And the, I was standing at the end of the picture with my little plastic bag, my little lunch bag. <laughs> and um, and I just thought, God, that was me. I don't want to be... I don't even want to be in the picture. Mm. Like, because I felt ugly all the time. I don't feel... I, I just felt so uncomfortable. I'd walk into the toilets and everyone would be brushing their hair and putting on a bit of makeup and I'd just be like, you know, put my head down, walk in, walk out. And, I, yeah, I found it really difficult to just yeah. just be, be me. And it was literally just felt like I was in this bubble. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I think as well when for your parents, and I'm sure you've been the other side of this with your kids, but there's this mm. bit that happens when they get to a certain age where suddenly all the things, that, all that stuff, you, the force field you try and put around them of, you know, you're beautiful and amazing and you've got so much mm. going for you and there's this bit where the kids get to the sort of, yeah, double figure secondary school and that just doesn't work anymore coming from the, the parents or coming from their family. So for your mum and dad who'd spent so long trying to sort of imbue you with all this confidence and you know you're an angel and something mm. this is actually pretty miraculous yeah. you're here and you're so special and then suddenly they try and say those things and it's just yeah not hitting the spot anymore yeah. it's just um and I suppose for you do you feel like it was a hundred percent caught up in how you felt about what happened because of your scars on your yeah body because, because I thought I thought I was unique and different and br- like just beautiful and and I all of those words were it's it's great when a parent can tell a child that has a trauma those kind of things um but then there comes a time when that child gets a little bit more grown and then they start to question oh actually and and sometimes you wonder if is it damaging what the parents have done? Like, do they need a bit more educating when it comes to stuff like that? I definitely think so. Because I, I just feel that a lot of parents out there are doing that all the time with the children and they just can't cope when it comes to, you know, when they get to, like, a school age where they want to be confident and have friends mm. and they start to kind of go within themselves and they lose that and they just don't have the help or support. And there was no support for me. Yes, I know, this is the thing. I think we're still, I mean, even that that thing of giving kids the sort of lack of agency about the control, like that thing of saying, I don't want to go Mm. in the shower. You know, that whole dynamic of the teacher saying it's happening and saying, no, no, this doesn't feel right. And so when you say about things changing, do you mean if someone is how to help people mm. cope with all their idiosyncrasies and anything that feels outside of the typical yeah. so that when they when they come into that that kind of environment yeah. they've got better tools yeah because if you think about it i've i've got the like the best parents supportive caring love i've been brought up in this loving family mm. that would do anything and everything for me as far as i'm concerned and and people always go, well, why did you end up like that? And it's just from, <clears throat> I think, having too much pumped into me, like hype, like, oh, you're just, oh, you're great and, you know, and I'm special. And, and, and that, you know, also, you've got to remember, I've got four elder sisters mm. and I'm suddenly made special. And that was also, I felt, damaging for my sisters because I feel like, again, um, the, the, the other children need to... Or that child that you're making special needs to just be like the other kids and um, and not 
keep putting them on the pedestal and saying, it's okay if you don't want to do that, darling, that's fine. Well, you four have to do it, you know. And and I feel now, like as I, maybe not so much now, but, you know, as I got older, I started to think, do my sisters dislike me? And there was a few times, like, I'd been through things with them and, and I thought, actually... I think they don't like me very much because they used to go, oh, you're spoiled, or you're just so spoiled. And then my mum would say, yeah, well, she's got a reason to be, you know. And I was like, oh, what do I do? You know, and as much as they care and they support you and and you feel like you can talk to them, you just want to talk to someone else that has scarring or... Mm. You know, someone else that's like you, that's all you want, really. Yeah. And it helps. Yeah. It helps, but um, I just didn't have that. I felt like I was the only person in the world with scars, and that's the truth. <laughs> yeah, which, and I suppose it's, it's funny because you said about there's things have changed a bit now, but then there wasn't that support. But it's also for the parents, I think, for your mm. family. Mm. They got taken from one way of life to suddenly having this kid with yeah. really quite advanced medical needs. Yeah. And they're just ill-prepared yeah. all around. So yeah. it's, there sort of needs to be more support and clarity yeah. and transparency without all those things. Yeah. I, think, I think we're getting better. Yeah. And people like you are... I was thinking about this yesterday when I knew I was coming to see you and I was thinking about those concentric circles really and about how through all of your experiences you're now able to put back into the world the person that you were looking for back then and for all those people whose lives you touch with people who go oh my goodness I never wear a bikini on the beach and now Mm. if she can do it like that's that's like do not underestimate Mm. I'm sure you yeah. You've told this a lot, but it's yeah. such a significant thing. It is. Um, and whilst not everybody might go through something as specific as, a, as you know, scarring, yeah. I think on... I can't think of many people that go through life without any experience of feeling like, yeah. I don't know how to find that, that confidence or find yeah. the person that's like me, particularly in the brutality of secondary school. Yeah. And you're right, that if they have that thing of just finding another kid like you and that sort of resilience. But I wonder... As a parent, I wonder how your mum and dad would have found that at the time. Because yeah. I think your instinct is just to go, oh my God, she's here and she's going through so much and we just want her to feel loved and given this space. But it's interesting hearing it from a, a grown-up going, yeah. actually, I felt like I was given yeah. too much of a yeah. pedestal. That's like a longer way to fall down yeah. again. But, you, but you've also got to remember that the families have gone through it as well. The yeah. children were there. The parents, um, you know, it wasn't until... I hit my 40s and I was really, you know, on social media, social media, like, or on the website, looking for help and support for bodies like mine. Mm. And I couldn't find that. And something that stood out to me was that families suffer with PTSD when a trauma happens to a child. So straight away that, that I was just like, I was like, oh, my poor mum. Like, and that really bothered me so much. Mm. Um, Especially even that time when she was told, don't scream, don't yeah, show how you're feeling yeah, about this. That's a yeah. lot. Suddenly, oh, I do, you know, inside. Yeah. yeah. So I always say, like, to people that I speak to, you know, um, the families are just as important. Mm. Like, and they need to be involved in conversations when it comes to their child or, you know. And I think it's also about... Inclusive, inclusivity and how yeah. we 
show what society is like and mm. all the many ways that people exist. Yeah. Because um, I think it's often... I mean, do you, can you think of any times when you were growing up that you did see someone in any position where you thought, oh, that, that actually, uh, that resonates with me? Um, yeah, Elephant Man. Oh, really? Yes. So I remember watching the film, I think his name was John Merrick. John Merrick. I was actually talking about Merrick this morning to my re- kids with. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, they asked me about the saddest film I, I'd ever seen and I said The Elephant Man. That film made me cry so much. Yeah, me too. And I remember at the end of it thinking, he's the only person that, that I kind of resonate with, that I felt... I'm just like him, really, you know. I, I felt sad because I felt sad for him, but I could see that inside he was, you know, he's a real person and he just wants to fit in and that was how I felt. So it, it was, as much as I say, you know, he was the person that I looked at and thought, some people might go, yeah, but he was, he was extreme, you know, compared to you. But it's got nothing to do with that. It's how I was feeling at the time. Yeah, and I can completely yeah. understand that. And it's a, it's a sort of it became almost like a, a, a sort of slightly um, what's the word? Um, exaggerated version of how you're feeling because the whole that was obviously in a time in Victorian England where people that were outside of the typical were you know mm. freak shows. <laughs> yeah. And you think about it, I was describing yeah. literally. It's so funny you brought it up because I was literally <laughs> talking about it in the school run this morning as we walked through the park. Uh-huh. And I was, exp- I was saying, you know, in this time, people would pay money to go and see people. To, you know, oh, a woman um, who happens to have a, a you know, a beard yeah, or yeah. can join twins. Or, so for the elephant man, you know, even yeah. that is, you know, horrific. Like, yeah. it's just a nickname out of, born out of something and... I think that's why mm. now looking at that film, it's particularly so heartbreaking. Yeah, because you just can see that this is an expert thing. But I guess for you, that the whole thing of the freak show thing was probably how you felt when you were going to school. Yeah, that, that day in the showers. Yeah, and and the way that I felt was that everybody knew, and even though they they didn't, even my best friend she didn't even know that I had scars, and um, she didn't find out till later on anyway. But um, I kind of felt every time I went into school that everyone knew that I had scars and then in the summer when we wore short sleeve um, shirts I've got some scars on my arms and when we wore shorts the really short shorts for PE you could see the scar on my leg and also if anyone and most back then I don't know if it's still the same girls would just come and hug you and and they touch my shirt and feel like the lumps and bumps on my back and that was really uncomfortable I I had to try that and I think that's why I stayed at the back of the class and I always tried not to be seen because I didn't want anyone to do that and go oh and I had a few people go oh what's this and I'm like oh and they used to think I was wearing something underneath my my blouse or my shirt so yeah, it's a little bit. <laughs> well, I suppose well, you've got all this where you're feeling about yourself in an emotional side, yeah. but obviously still dealing with the physical stuff as well, mm. operations, and that's that's incredibly wearing. And again, like yeah. reinforces your feeling that you're living a life that not everybody else is living, because that's a very serious thing to have to think about. Yeah, procedures and operations and things yeah. like that as well. And so this was, you say it's still happening now, but you did manage to meet someone when you're in your twenties, I guess. Is it to yeah, Got your family. Yeah, I met some someone, and 
um, it was good because he told me that he'd accepted me for my scars, which, and it, it was difficult because obviously at that at that age you now think about, well I did anyway, I thought about having a baby and I thought about just everything about a relationship and me being in a relationship and would it work and, and I questioned it and then um, I kind of had times where I'd have to sit down and explain to the person that actually I've got scars and then they could walk away if they felt to. And did that ever happen? Yeah, it did, yeah. Really? Yeah, they wasn't interested, yeah. And um, like I literally would never see him again until one day I met this guy and and um, I told him I, I had to do it every time I had to say, look, because I couldn't start a relationship and then when it got a little bit deeper, like further along, I didn't want to have to go through that, the first initial, you know, dating period and then end up like, oh, gosh, now I'm going to have to say it. Mm. I don't want to waste my time, to be honest. <laughs> um, and probably a little bit more to it, but I I just said, you know, I've got scars. And this was from first off. And we were actually just friends at the time. And he said, oh, oh can, I, can I have a look? And I was like, oh, no one's ever asked to look at them before. <laughs> and I was like, are you sure? And he said, yeah, I don't mind. It doesn't bother me. And then he was like, oh, touch them. And I, th- I thought, oh, this is really weird. Um, and then that was it. It was just like, oh, love. That's it. I'm in love now. <laughs> doesn't matter. He's accepted me, you know. Um, I still wasn't happy. Um, but I was, I was happy that somebody was now loving me and then when I had my daughter I thought I'd be great everything would be perfect because I've now made a little family um but I still wasn't happy and I didn't know what was going on I was struggling so much um this is when you had your first baby so yeah can you really remember that that time when you she was born and just oh it was the best feeling in the world (laughs) being a mother it was just it was and I was I was one of these people because I had to go and see the consultants um, to make sure that it would be okay for me to get pregnant in the first place because of the scars across my tummy. And they were like, yeah, that's fine. You'll be fine. Don't worry. It will stretch in other places. Don't worry. Everything could be fine. It's, it's on the outside and it's not, you know, on the tummy. It's not deep underneath. You'll be fine. And, yeah, and it, it looked really awkward and <laughs> But and I had quite quite a big tummy at the time. Um and, and it stretched really well and everything and um had the baby, she was she was fine. Throughout the old pregnancy I was literally like one of these pet one of these mothers to be that um loved every single day of pregnancy and when it got to it I said no, I don't, I want a natural birth, I don't, I'm not taking anything, and and I just went right through with it. Oh, wow. And I don't understand, mothers, I, I went to every class, every antenatal class, <laughs> um, but I just don't understand these mothers that complained all the time, oh, it's too hot, and I used to be like, oh, for goodness sake, you should be, you know... In loving your body and loving as much as I hated my body but I was just like you've got like a little human being in here mm. um, 
And then when I had had her, it was it was great. I just wanted to breastfeed her straight away and and all of that. And and it just seems come natural mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I think it was all to do with my mum being a loving, caring, supportive mother. Yeah. And then it kind of like rubbed off on me a little bit. Uh, yeah. And so. you've mentioned that with your daughter that nominated you, that she mm. she sort of saw a lot growing up and she yeah. quickly was quite a sort of old soul with what she was oh, dealing with. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. She, so she seen me go through the period where... Um, I started to abuse with alcohol um, because I thought, you know, what's the point? I'm buying these magazines every week, uh, and I, I would, I literally would like open up the magazine, and I couldn't see any representation of bodies like mine in there. And in fact, some of these magazines were the ones that you know have the celebrities on the front, and they're pointing at the little fatty bits, and they're pointing at that scar, and and I just thought, you know, what yeah. what do I have going for me in this life if that's what's going on? Yeah. And I'm buying these magazines, but I still kept buying them. And, uh, yeah, and then I started to abuse with alcohol and I just felt like I was stuck in this box. I couldn't be me. I couldn't be the person that I really wanted to be. Mm. And I knew that, like, inside, I knew that I was kind of, I'm not trying to, like, big head or anything, but I knew that I could be, like, a good person. Like, I wanted to be that person, Mm. but I just just struggled so, so much. And that was the only way of kind of, like, just trying to forget a little bit. Yeah, Um, well, I think it's funny. When you said about the magazines, mm. I thought, when you put it like that, it's absolutely extraordinary that that's a sort of legal way to portray anybody who's just yeah. getting on with being who they are whether they're in public eye or not and actually yeah. you don't you don't think about the fact that not only is that not how most people you know we, we could circle things on everybody but mm. for anyone that's going through you know very complex relationship yeah with their physicality that's absurdly yeah, I mean, overindulging is even allowed as a thing. Like, yeah. well, let's pick pick holes in this. I mean, how damaging, how criminally damaging, and and you say you keep buying them because it's sort mm. of laid out like it's aspirational and it's yeah. kind of there's a lot about it that's like sort of catnip of like new bits yeah. of information and stuff. Yeah. But really, <laughs> what you're really doing is reinforcing this feeling in yourself that you you don't pass muster. Yeah. And that other people see people like that, whereas of course mm. you don't see people like that. I don't no. see people like that. And no. that's not how most people are not walking around ringing things. No. Actually, when you talked about meeting the the guy that you know you had your babies with, yeah. When you when you love someone, there's that bit where you're learning about them and taking it all in, and then after that, they're just there, yeah. aren't they? You yeah. don't you don't yeah. see it over and over. Yeah. Any of it, good, bad, anything. They're just no. who they are, and actually, yeah. the people that have got lovely souls only get more attractive yeah. and the people no matter how gorgeous they are if they're not yeah. very nice to be around they start yeah. to you know not look yeah. as good <laughs> it just sort of represents that but yeah we've got to make sure that that never ever becomes part of no. you know, the future actually no. there's so much when you say as well you felt like you were in a box it's like well it's so and I've mentioned it before but just that idea of the representation yeah. making sure for all those kids growing up I mean even I've spoken to my kids about this as well but even the fact yeah. that it's sometimes in 
films or in stories, the um, evil characters might have mm. a physical scar. Yeah. Which is extraordinary when you think about it, isn't it? Yeah. The association of one and the other. Um, which isn't fair, you know? It's not fair on young people, young children that that are growing up with um, a visible or a hidden difference like me and they see that and other people see that and other children see that and then they'll see the person, their friend maybe that has a scar and then they'll be like, oh, you're the baddie, you know, and and it is really damaging and I don't think, you know, media sometimes and the press, they just, the way that they put things out they've just got to be so careful yeah because they are they're still damaging so many young people when your kids were little how did you go about not passing on mm. that feeling of you know how you felt about yourself yeah but getting them to feel good in themselves yeah I think I was really good at um acting a little bit and um just letting them know that they're they're beautiful and they're like I always was a bit like how my mum was with me (laughs) with them um and I made sure that they were okay and that everything that I did was for them every bit of love I had was for the, the children and and it showed later on because when I went through a point of such low self esteem and severe Severe, severe depression. Um, I, the very first time I went out with my daughter to the, went to the bus stop. I don't even know where we were going, but she was um, in her buggy. I can't even remember how old she was, but probably about the age of five, four, probably about four or five, yeah. And um, I remember her sitting in the buggy and the bus coming along and I looked at her and I thought if I stand back that bus will carry on going past should I just run in front of it and that was kind of what was going through my head at the time and as it got closer I turned around and looked at her and I thought you can't do that to her you can't do that to her because you wouldn't want your you know you didn't want your mum to go through that so why would you do that like you shouldn't know and so I stopped myself from doing things like that but but having said that I still had all these other faults of ways of maybe like a lot of suicidal faults and and writing notes and talking to my daughter I remember saying to her you know you know mummy might not wake up tomorrow and then I realised, what am I doing? Like, I'm, why am I saying this stuff to us? It's not good, you know? So that's why I'm saying Naomi, the eldest, she went through a lot. Mm. Like, she went through a lot and she's going, no, mummy, it's okay. And, and it's just horrible to think about it now and to, to see how she's grown into a, just a really good mother herself now with three yeah. children and... You know, and it's just a shame that she went through that and like, I hate myself for it, but I can't change it. All I can do is change the way that I am as a person and just just keep showing her, you know, inspiring her. Yeah, and I think also, um, you know, obviously that's, that's really heartbreaking mm. 
But I think the, the biggest success of things was always, as I think as parents, is to create people, children, that can grow up to be, to be loved and give love. Mm. And yeah. actually, it's, you know, there's, through all of this, even through all the darkest moments, there's still that love that's there. And yeah. the fact that she actually is the person you looked at and thought, I'm not, not today. Yeah. And sometimes you are just putting one foot in front of the other mm. and getting through the days. But I said, well, thank you so much for being so honest about mm, it as well. Because, yeah. you know, these, these are things that are very private, dark thoughts at the yeah. time. And I think there gets to be a lot of um, and shame and secrecy around that as well. Yeah. Um, I feel like sometimes I want to share those things. And, and uh, you know, you just can't because you never know if you're going to you know, if it's the wrong time for somebody else. And um, so, yeah, I, I tend not to, like, talk about those kind of things. But I'm sharing it with you. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I really I, I'm, yeah. thank you very much because also it makes what you've achieved so much more extraordinary, mm. actually, because for anyone that's gone through things or felt, you know, touched the sides of anything you're talking about, the idea that you can go from literally feeling like that to coming out the other side and... You know, when you've spoken about sort of having this, like, epiphany later on, mm. it's that's an amazing sort of switch to find in yourself. Because it did sound mm. like you almost had this one day that kind of yeah. changed everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that was with so, your... Your boy was with you. Is that... Your whole family with you? Um, I just, my, just my son was with, with me. And, and your mum. And my mum, yeah. And um, we... Um, it was it was kind of like the whole year leading up to this holiday was very strange because um, my sister, who's now a firefighter, the one that um, pushed the door, <laughs> even though it wasn't... Um, She's a firefighter Even though it wasn't fire, yeah. But she loves telling everyone, my sister, that's my sister. Like, she's so proud of me and everything. And they go, oh, you're the one that pushed her. And she's like, oh, stop it. We just... Oh, but we made for comment. I oh, know, but we met, you know, we're at that age now where we just joke okay, about it. <laughs> I know. Let's yeah. reach that point. Yeah, they can be really horrible. <laughs> <laughs> you're the one that did it. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's so, only in families. <laughs> only families allowed to talk yeah, to family like that. I know. It's funny. In fact, we, we're so close, actually, me and her. Are you? So, so close. You yeah. remember her being there through all of the childhoods um, all the procedures we, and that stuff yeah i think like through the procedures and that it was always just me and my mum mm -hmm. always um my dad just seemed to be always at work <laughs> um so. was your mum a working mum did she have a job yeah oh as well? god yeah and funny enough so the hospital where i'd originally gone to the london hospital my mum um she cleaned, she was a cleaner in there and she used to clean in the mornings, in the evenings. She just worked so hard. So she was a cleaner in the hospital you first went to? Yeah, oh, yeah, wow. that took me away and sent me somewhere else, wow. yeah. So she'd been working in there for years and, um, and my dad was a delivery delivery driver, so. And what about you? Were you working throughout this time as well or were you raising, <coughs> raising the family or? Um, so, yeah, so when I was raising the children, I strangely enough only worked with children yeah. and um and I felt like it was because I struggled to talk to adults yeah <laughs> it's really strange but that's the no, truth I get that actually because kids as well they're very um 
they sort of take it as it comes really yeah. so they don't they're quite pragmatic about life there yeah. is no other version of events and you yeah. say this is the, how it is they go okay and then yeah. they move on to the next thing yeah it's funny because I, I um, so I taught swimming and I worked in special needs school which I loved and it, it made me feel so good that was one of the jobs that I absolutely loved mm-hmm. in my 20s um, and so yeah I was always working throughout and um so um, leading up to the the actual turning point when my life changed, we, um, my sister Sheila, her friend had just lost her job in the fire brigade, and and I said, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that, and she said, oh, it's okay, I've got I've got a new job and I absolutely love it. So I was like, oh, that's amazing. She went, yeah, you you should read this. It's the, called the secret. And I was like, oh, right, okay. So she sent me this, um, just a little bit, some paragraphs to it. And I thought, oh, this is really amazing. You know, I've never thought about this. I've really been really negative, really depressed, crying a lot. And this is quite a positive thing. I'm not used to anything like this. I'm not used to being positive. And, and I thought, oh, I'll try some of these things. And And it was just like one day, went out, like made myself look kind of like nice looked in the mirror and went you're beautiful and went out and I remember this guy come running across all the way from the other side of the park and he went I just noticed you from all the way over there and I thought you're absolutely beautiful and it was the strangest thing and then and I was like oh you know I'm a mother and he was like (laughs) he's got like a rucksack on his back he's like oh, yeah, I'm going to go to university. I said, yeah, but I'm a mother. And he was like, oh, okay. And I'd never be- been approached or he, he went, I just want to tell you you're really beautiful. And he walked off and I thought, this was the strangest thing. So that was kind of like the, the, the first start to... This thing, the, the secrets, right? This yes, is like a book a, by Rhonda Byrne and okay. it's about um, manifesting and stuff like that. And, and just, like, positive affirmations okay. and stuff like that. And so that advice was look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself yeah, you're that beautiful. you're beautiful. And I found that really hard to do. But with my clothes on, I could, I could just about do it. So I tried it and I did it. And something happened. Um, and then I was still kind of, like, looking to see if there was any support out there for me. Because even in my 40s, I still needed some support. I wanted to meet a friend I wanted just to talk to somebody and mm-hmm. and everything that kept popping up was face 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 and charities and organizations everything was about the face and nothing about the body and I thought well you know what do I do like there's n- nothing there for me no support there's nothing what do I do so eventually I um you know, met, met up with my mum and she said, you know, if you're going to, you you just look like you need an holiday. So we went on holiday, me, my mum and my son, um, spent a couple of weeks um, in Bulgaria. And um, I didn't even realise how bad I actually was. Like, I, it was kind of like when we needed to go and lay on the sun loungers, I had to be, like, at the back, uh, around the pole. I couldn't have anyone... Because I'd constantly be turning my head. Like, I couldn't have anyone, like, behind me. But mm-hmm. I was, wasn't showing off my scars either. <laughs> so I literally would have something, like, over the so top of me. you always keep something covered up. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, when I lay down, I would just, like, kind of lay down and 
all the fun and whatever would be on display. <laughs> and then thinking back, one day we were around the pole and a lady was walking past and this was like the second day that I'd seen her. She was, she was plus size, a big curvy lady and she was wearing a bikini and she walked past me and I noticed that everyone was staring at her and I just watched her and then the second day I see her again and I watched her and I thought, she's so happy. All these people staring at her, she just looks so happy. And I thought, oh God, that's amazing. I wish I could like do that. I wish mm. I could be like that. So that woman actually inspired me. Um, and then like following days um, leading up to like the second week of the holiday, my son said, oh, I want to swim in the pool. And so I said, okay, well, we need to like get a sun lounger. There was nowhere, nowhere to go. And then he went, Mum, look over the back there. But I was like, no, but it's not right at the back. He said, no, it's all right. There's only a couple of people behind. Do you think your kids by this point were so used to having yeah, to... Yeah, just so... Because it was just, it was just constant. And like, so they was, knew, they knew, oh, she's not going to want to sit yeah, there. Yeah, I was really... It's all right, Mum, there's only a couple was, of people. It was like a, a habit. Yeah. Like, I just, it was just constant. And and I, I was constantly looking around and wasn't sure and then at that moment was when I noticed this guy with his sunglasses and he was laying down with his phone in front of his sorry with his phone in front of his face and um I was I was turning around getting angry because I was such an angry person I was really annoyed and I'm I'm saying no he's filming me he's filming me and the worst that I could think was that he was gonna film me, upload this to YouTube. It was going to get hundreds of thousands of likes and hundreds of thousands of people all around the world are going to go, oh, that ugly, scarred woman. And that's all I could think in my head. And that is how bad I thought. That's what the voices oh, in your head were, yeah. were like. Yeah, because it, it was just like pure, like negative talk the yeah. whole time. Hmm. Like, I, I don't know what what it was like to be positive about my body. Hmm. Um and so that was that was difficult. It was a difficult day. I was, you know, being really horrible. Like this man got up and walked off with his wife, and I wasn't screaming or anything, but I was, you know, quite abusive. So what you were and saying things to him, like, "What are you yeah, doing?" Yeah, you know, what, what, why are you filming me? And my mum's saying to me, "Calm down. He's not doing that. What's wrong?" She went, "Look." come on, let's go to the beach. And we went down to the beach. And when we got to the beach, there there were loads of people at the front, but we were like all the way to the back, all alone. And um, and I said, well, this is better. There's no one around now. And as we sat there, for the first time in a very long time, my mum began asking me about my scars. And she said to me, oh, can I touch them? And I was like, yeah, if you want. <laughs> you know, if you want to touch them, you can touch them. And she was like, oh, do they hurt? Does that hurt? And I was like, mum, I'm fine. Mm. I could see that she was really worried about me. Um, and obviously, because she hadn't seen my scars for years, I was now in my 40s and she was now like, oh, oh, does that hurt? Does that... And I'm like, mum, I'm fine. You know that I suffer with my back and that's it. Don't worry about it. And then I said to her, do you want to walk down to the water's edge? And she just went, no, I'm fine. 
So as I walked off, I had like a bikini on and a, a sarong, mm-hmm. but it was pulled right up high. And I just went to go and like paddle. My son was just sat playing. And um, as I walked down, I turned around and I noticed that she had her head hung really low. And at that moment, something clicked. And, and I thought, I know why she's, why she's doing that. Like, she's really worried about me. And because of the way that I just behaved, like, she's really worried. And I don't want her to worry. Like, why why should she have to go through that? Why should she be worrying? Her? At my age, she shouldn't have to. And um, and then I walked to the rest of the... Got to the edge, and there were loads of people on their sun lounges. And, and um, I turned around, and it was just like... I don't know what happened, but I just took off this sarong, threw it down, threw even my my shoes, kicked them off, and I just went, Mum, Mum, and she looked up, and I went, Look at me, look at me, like, and it was just the weirdest thing ever, because I just thought, I'm allowed to swear. Yeah, I just thought, Fuck it, like I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna show everyone. That especially my mum, I'm doing this for my mum. I don't care what everyone else thinks. And as I walked back towards her, I just done a bit of a kind of like runway walk, you know. Mm-hmm. I had my hands on my hips and I'm walking. And I felt like that moment, and I, be- I actually believe, <laughs> truthfully, that everybody was sat up watching me. Mm. It was such, such a weird moment. Yeah. It was like... Something out of a movie, you know, like where as as I start walking and I'm like looking at everyone and they just all suddenly sat up to look at me and it and that's how I remember it. It's yeah. so weird. And I got back over to her and I went, "We're going to be okay. You don't need to worry about me. Everything's fine." And she just went, "I oh, know, I oh, know," like that. And that was it. Wow. <laughs> but we had a great holiday. <laughs> yeah, we had a great holiday. So. But, I mean, so did you find that that it really was just that after that it was like there was just a new tone? I felt like for for years I'd been saying, you know, this is my jacket, this is my coat, my burns is my coat, it's Mm. my jacket of scars and and I just wanted to take it off. Mm. And that was the moment that I took it off and I just felt free, like I felt like... God, something's happened. Do you never um, put it back on again? No, I never put it back on again. <laughs> it's still there it on the beach. On. Yeah, it's there. <laughs> <laughs> Not just the sarong. There's a whole other wardrobe. With the shoes and everything. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> and you said your son was sort of part of that too. Do you think it was yeah. significant that he was there? Um, or more just maybe. that he, or I more think that it was just, just at that age where he just he's just yeah. he was just having he's fun the only one spending looking. the old day in the pool yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I care less. but you've said that he was I suppose because you know he said that there'd be times where he would cuddle you and say it's mm. okay mum so do you think your kids had sort of been part of this yeah definitely yeah. yeah he's I mean like I said he's 17 but he's really he's really proud of me you know, even though I, I'm seeing, like, the other day we was in the Sunday mirror in in my underwear, you know. <laughs> and I've gone, opened it up, I went, look, England football, you know, on the front. Your mum on page 33. <laughs> and he just went, oh, yeah, that's very, yeah, that's very good, mum, that's very good. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> so he's quite, 
he's quite happy. He knows what I do. Yeah, but also you're going to send that into the world. These these people that will also be equipped to yeah. to navigate that sort of stuff with other people. Yeah. That's actually, you know, they've been given the tools to sort of see how this trajectory can go. Yeah, and not be so um, trepidatious about dealing with the sort of more tricky sides of life. Maybe. Yeah. I feel like, as well, um, not just, like, all the things that I wanted to do, I'm doing now, but I feel like I'm just turning everything, like, 180. Because, I, I, you know, like, me buying those magazines and not seeing representation of me. I'm like, I don't need an agency to represent me. I don't need, like, I'm going to be... I'm going to be... Um, the first person to go and make that change and and that's what I'm doing like I will come up with something in my head and I just go for it Mm -hmm. like there's no stopping me like if I think it's going to make a positive change for especially young people and young children that are growing up going to school they might have acne they might have you know scarring um from from trauma from you know and anything that that they feel like other people looking at them they don't feel confident I want them to see these pictures I want them to see all of this stuff and go oh and they do and I get the messages I you know I had a message from a young girl that had been burnt and she was actually in a hospital bed and she sent me the picture of her in a hospital bed and she went thank you I know that I'm going to be okay and that was that just meant wow. so much. Yeah, it's just so, um, it's just so inspiring. Well, it's powerful know. stuff. As we're talking yeah. about with the concentric circles, it's <laughs> it's amazing how these things can ripple out. Yeah, and you know, and also give support to the extended families as well. Because I think yeah. the fact you've talked about that is actually something that would be quite easy to overlook. And it, yeah. it's really going around in my head as well. The idea of like, if you know someone in your family's gone through something. Yeah, how to t- get it right with not molly coddling them the other side of it. Yeah, I'm still wondering how how I would go about that if I was in your mum's shoes. If mm. I'm honest, I'm not. I'm not sure I'd be very good at that. I feel like I'd yeah. probably do what your mum and dad did yeah. and just go, "You're really amazing," and give you yeah. a lot of. I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing that. I mean, you can do that, but just make sure that you integrate that child in. Make sure that they're. They're doing swimming. Make sure that they're doing things where their scars might be on display, um, because that that helps. There might be might be some bullying, which is what I had when I was swimming, um, but it was only a little bit. And you know, I think that if you can just keep getting them involved yeah. in sports and stuff like that, and not be scared to not like wrap them up and go oh no they can't do that but yeah. the other children can just make sure that they yeah they're doing the things too yeah because otherwise you get your own bully in your head you don't even yeah. need external people do you? you're doing it to yourself yeah. um and we, I mean, we haven't really spoken too much about swimming but that's a big mm. part of your life isn't yeah, it yeah yeah um yeah i started swimming probably when i went into secondary school actually my dad got me into swimming um and I wasn't too happy because I don't like the swimming costumes that were like super low at the back, like the big, you know, those yeah, ones yeah, that scoops, drop right, yeah, the big ones, scoop yeah. backs, yeah. And um, and my sister Sheila again, she always comes to my rescue. 
whenever anyone was talking behind my back, she would always be the person that would be like, shut up, don't talk to me. <laughs> yeah, I get the impression that yeah. you wouldn't want to cross oh, you. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, no, no. And then, um, you know, like at the end of a, a gala, at the end of a race, she'll be there holding the towel. Aww. And if she wasn't, I'd, I wouldn't get out of the pole. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, she was she was always really good. But, um, yeah, I felt like swimming was always a little bit of uh, an acting role for me, you know. Yeah. I had to always think out my path of going into the changing room, making sure um, everyone had left and gone into the pole. And then I'll quickly run out run past the spectators, make sure they can't see me and they're looking somewhere else, quickly run, jump into the pool, and that was it. And once I was in the pool and under the water, I was absolutely fine. And you said you wouldn't want to win as well? Cause then yeah, you... I, didn't want, I didn't want to be seen. I just, I just didn't feel confident enough. It was that old confidence thing in secondary school and um, taking it into, the, you know, into swimming. I didn't, just didn't want people to see me. Um, up on the rostrum getting the medals and, and going, oh, that's the girl with scars. Because that's what people do. They label they label people that look different and instead of saying, oh, that's Sally, you know, Sharon's sister or something like that, <laughs> yeah. they'll be like, oh, that's the girl with scars. Oh, that's the girl that has all the spots on her face or that, you know. Yeah. And it's just, it's just not nice. And with, with sort of present day, what's it like now? You're a grandma. How are you known? Are you granny, <laughs> grandma? Grand. Are you now? Um, your nan. mum was nan, wasn't nan. she? She's nan to your kids. <laughs> yeah. So you've t- carried that one on. <laughs> yeah. Because you feel um, like you've quite got very different. I mean, everybody says it's big. It's very different being a grandparent rather than being a parent. Anyway. Yeah. But can you sort of sense that they're getting this version of you that's this different version to what one your kids had because of. Because of where you're at now with yourself. Yeah, yeah. I um, so the the boy, his name's Avery. He's he's five, and um, I get him to say things like, "I am powerful. I am strong, and I am brave." And I'm. I said to him, to "Say, I am beautiful," and he says, "No, I am handsome. I'm not beautiful. <laughs> Girls are beautiful." I'm like, "Okay," um, but they see they see things like they see me on the TV the other day and. And well, he was at school, but his sister, who's two, Amelia, she, um, <laughs> my daughter took a picture of her standing in front of, like, next to the telly, and, and there's me doing this, like, in my <laughs> bikini on telly. And she's just, like, um, biggest smile on her face. Cause, and when she sees me, she's just like, Nanny Mac, Nanny Mac. <laughs> and they all call me Nanny Mac, so <laughs> it's really lovely. But, um, yeah, they... They're so loving. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. Well, I can... There's love laced throughout everything mm-hmm. you've talked about. Mm-hmm. But do you think, like, the, the you that had just had the babies and was still feeling so horrific and really went mm-hmm. through, you know, what sounds like a very tricky time, very, you know, sort of rock bottom. Yeah. Do you think what would she have thought of where you're at now, do you think? Mm. Yeah. I don't... I, I don't know, like, I just, um, I can't imagine, I just can't imagine. You don't think it was even something you could thought was possible Yeah, especially, 
at my age as well to to I must have been about 45 46 when things changed and for so late in my life you know um but it's never too late I still feel young and I still feel like I can achieve anything and I will keep achieving and I still will keep doing these things but I can never imagine that any of this would be happening no no and I totally agree with you about there's it's never too late and actually I think the whole there's so much drama in this the journey you've taken that almost is imbued you with this sort of extra energy in a way yeah you know for something to have this big epiphany and go like yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna seize all that. Yeah, you know, and then it's interesting actually when you say about what you say to your grandkids about like, I'm powerful, I'm strong, and I was yeah. thinking maybe that's the tangent, isn't it? With with kids, maybe we should be sort of pushing that rather than the sort of yeah special aspect. It's the kind yeah. of there's a that you know the words on your award <laughs> warrior. Yeah. I think yeah. that's like that's a very cool word, isn't yeah. it? Being a warrior. Yeah, it sounds like you have the ability to really. Mm react to different things that's a yeah. cool thing to be and it's something that I do all the time on social media and just encourage people to to know that they are that they they can be strong and they can be brave mm. and all of that you know because I feel like they they just feel like again there's not enough representation of bodies like theirs and and they just feel like they don't fit into society and I'm here to say yeah you do, mm. you know. So is that what you want to keep pursuing? Is this like yeah. the, the, that's the fire in your belly of yeah, like, absolutely. making sure it just continues and yeah, because I'm I'm like achieving so much now that I could never imagine. You know, from from being that that um, young adult that went to university, decided actually I'm going to go to university. I'm gonna I'm gonna be um, I'm gonna start a business, and like literally, probably about a few months in. I flunk out of it because um, I just co- I just can't stand up and do a presentation, give a presentation in front of the class. But now I I'll go out and push myself to do talks. Um, you know, I spoke to one thousand people. Wow, that's <laughs> yeah. as in Alexandra Palace. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. Um, so so yeah, I push myself to do as much as possible that. I feel like I can't achieve, but mm. I'm going to change that now and and show people that, you know, I couldn't do that, but I'm doing it now. Yeah, and I think sometimes it shows you as well that actually, that without sounding sort of trite, the, the, all of that, it's so much of it lies within yourself and the dialogue you give yourself because yeah. like that guy on the sun lounger, the way you thought he was, yeah. you know, he had all that aggression towards it. Mm. And if you're always pushing that out there... Yeah. It actually creates a bit of a force field around you. And yeah. most people are just kind of getting on with what they're doing. Yeah. And if they are looking or doing the wrong thing, then... Yeah. They're, you know... Yeah, and th- and this is the thing, you know, like something that I say to people now that is um, don't always um, think that people are thinking badly of you or because in your head you're, you're thinking the worst... But in actual fact, they might not even notice or or they might even be thinking, well, actually, oh, such a shame. Or, you know, they might they might be pitying. It could be anything. They might be going, oh, that look at that girl. She's so brave. You know, you don't know what people, what's going on in other people's heads. Yeah. And, and we, we don't know. And um, I think it's really important to just 
give other people a chance and don't don't point the finger at them because yeah. we don't want them pointing the finger at us. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's projection, isn't it, as well? Yeah. Like, dealing with, yeah, yeah, your internal things and yeah. not pushing it out there. Oh, well, mm. I think I have no doubt that you're going to do some amazing things as well. I feel like there's just so much positivity coming off everything you're talking about and mm-hmm. and and also the new generation your kids and the grandbabies and all the things they're yeah. going to take on as well <laughs> but it's really lovely thank you for so much oh, and give my regards you. to Sheila I went, oh, yeah no. we'll do <laughs> <that>. <laughs> actually your mum with a bucket in the water <laughs> obviously you've got a lot yeah. of formidable women in your family oh, I'm not going to cross them oh gosh <laughs> Oh, thank oh, you thank so you. much. It's amazing. I like, got yeah. That's a, a very. It's a really special story, and thank you honestly for being so honest about everything you've been through as well. That's really. Oh, you're it's very brave and yeah, um, yeah incredible. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> so that was Sylvia must confess I got teary quite a few times when I was talking to her what an amazing woman and I think she's overcome way more than she realizes because obviously she had her own battles with her relationship with her body but some of us never go through that level of trauma and still never reach that level of being able to love yourself in that way so I hope well I know for me it's given me that next boost in just being a bit more forgiving of myself and keeping an eye on people I love and making sure they're feeling more forgiving. It reminded me a little bit of a conversation I had back in the first series with a woman called Yvonne Telford who spoke about being able to look in the mirror and say I love you. It's a big deal and at first it might sound a bit a bit hippie but it's actually not at all. It's not hippie at all. It's just about acceptance and it's that RuPaul thing of if you're not going to love yourself how in the hell are you going to love anyone else? So let's start with that guys. Let's start with that. It's a good place to to feel resolved. So thank you so much to Sylvia. Oh my God, my toddler is covered in mud at the bottom. He's been walking through puddles. I didn't realise quite how bad he'd made his little shoes and socks. It's a shame because he's dressed very cute today. I think I'm quite good at toddler fashion overall. I can nail it. However, he's ruined it for me with the mud. So I'm going to go and have a word with him about that. He's just, he's let the aesthetic down. I don't mind him getting mucky, obviously but this level of mud is an insult, quite frankly. M- Mickey, that's not our buggy done. That's not our buggy. Oh, it's the same as yours, but it's not It's not yours. Great. Anyway, this is fascinating, isn't it? All right, see you next week. Lots of love. Thanks to you. Thanks to Sylvia. Thanks to Claire Jones, who always produces with such finesse. She's amazing. Thank you to Ella May, who does my beautiful, beautiful artwork. And thank you to my husband, Richard, who is editing this for you now. Thanks, darling. I know you didn't mean to edit my podcast, but you do a great job. Oh, except for the Sarah William one where you left in some mistakes and a person commented about it. But don't worry, we don't have to talk about that now. All right, see you next week. Bye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 